Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, joined by insider Brian Windhorst from his spacious home gym in Omaha and 2008 NBA champ Kendrick Perkins. Coming up, guys, did Michael Jordan say he didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the Dream Team? Oh, yes. We're bringing this up again because he denied it in the last dance. But there's been some new evidence. Stick around for that. First, though. The NBA and its players are continuing to wrestle with whether all 30 teams should be included in a resumed season and how many games they should play. This morning, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting several teams are lobbying Adam Silver on a range of scenarios, including one, guys, that would involve a play-in tournament for the Western Conference teams, but not for the East. Meanwhile, Ramona Shelburne speaking to Union Chief Michelle Roberts, who said she doesn't believe the union will need to formally vote on whatever plan is proposed. She is canvassing membership instead. Well, she may want to talk to Damian Lillard. The Trailblazers guard wants to return, but only if his team has an opportunity to compete for a playoff spot. He gave some very strong quotes to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports in a story released this morning. Quote, if we come back and they're just like, we're adding a few games to finish the regular season and they're throwing us out there for meaningless games where we don't really have a true opportunity to get into the playoffs... I'm going to be with my team because I'm a part of the team, but I'm not going to be participating. I will tell you that right now. And you can put that blank in there. Perk, what is your reaction to James saying he would basically sit on the bench if they don't have enough games to actually make the playoffs? Well, well, Rachel, I don't blame Dame. I'm with Dame Dollar on this one. When you think about Dame, he's been a winner ever since he stepped foot into the NBA. And it's the problem that I have. You have guys that are, this guy is an eight-year veteran, and the only thing on his mind is winning, and he don't want to play meaningless games. And this is why I believe that the only people that the only teams that should go and play games this season and finish out the season are the top six or the playoff teams, the 16 teams. Everyone else should stay home. But then in another instance, if you bring all 30 teams in, they do have a bunch of young guys, second round picks. Jiggly guys that are auditioning and need these games to fight for, you know, contracts or, you know, that are fighting for their livelihood. So I see it both ways, but in my opinion, I think you should just take the 16 teams that are already in the playoffs and finish the season with those guys because you bring the other 14 teams in, they're really just in the way. And veterans don't want to play for a constellation bracket. Rachel, what happened here is when the league last week sent out a list of multiple choice options to their teams, these teams were like, wait a minute, look at all of these options. And there started to be all these discussions that were happening about half measures, 24-team tournaments, 20-team, some sort of play-in tournament, group phases. I'm just going to boil it all down. It is going to be really difficult to justify playing games that are that are not relevant to a playoff setting. And it's going to be safer, it's going to be shorter, and it's going to be cheaper to do so. And I think that's where they're going to end up. And talking to people across the league, that's what most people think too. In the interim, though, as we head towards Friday in that owner's meeting, and there's a on Thursday there's a meeting of general managers as well, 
everybody's got an angle that they're lobbying for. <laughs> I talked to a team last night that was just inside the playoffs. What do you think they want? Do you need to have huge insight? What do you think? Of course, they don't want to play in tournament. They think they've qualified. I talked to another team that's just outside the playoffs. What do you think they want? They want to play in tournament. I've yeah. talked to teams that, you know, are at the bottom of the standings but have a bunch of young players. For example, Minnesota. They traded half their team at the trading deadline. They've got a bunch of young players, a lot of free agents. They want to play. But go talk to Golden State. You know how they feel. They don't want to play. And Bradley Beal pretty much said the same thing as Dame Lillard a few weeks ago on Zach Lowe's podcast, which is I'm not great crazy about playing uh, non-essential games. And so – I think that's where we're going to land, guys. I think at the end of the day, common sense and safety is going to win out. Yeah, and I agree, Brian. But listen, Rachel, no no matter how we look at it, it's going to be unfair to someone. So to nip it in the bud, that's why I said just roll with the 16 teams that were already in the playoffs because everyone is going to have a problem. Just think about it. The Memphis Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies has been playing inspiring basketball all season long. And then you tell them that they have to play in a tournament and, and, and fight for their number eight spot after they've been playing 60 plus games at an extremely high level to be in that position. And it's not fair to them. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to please everyone. And I just figured the way to nip it in the bud is just go with the 16 teams that was already in. That certainly has an element of fairness to it. Brian, as you point out, that certainly is on the side of safety. Organizing 16 teams worth of players, personnel, support staff is a lot different than trying to keep safe if you multiply that out and you have 30 of those teams. The issue, too, for the NBA, though, in addition to fairness and consensus and players want and what owners want, is going to be the product they put on the floor. Already we are anticipating some sloppiness, right, because guys have had months off. And if we go straight to just the 16 playoff teams, I do think, look, in those first-round playoff games, a lot of those games aren't great even when guys have had the run-up of a regular season, right? You've got one versus eight. You've got really heavily favored seeds over guys who maybe have just squeaked in. So one thing the NBA, too, was looking for with a play-in tournament was juicing up its return a little bit and having some really tight, exciting games at the beginning of this now, I guess, third season that we're having, if you divide it into categories. <laughs> we will have to see if they go with just the 16, what those first early games look like, and if they can do anything to make them a little bit more competitive. Brian, is there anything they can do? Yeah, I mean, they could also get together in Orlando and have most training camps there and play some exhibition games, which I know isn't exciting, but they could put those on TV and we could all watch them. Rachel, <laughs> the points that you make are very accurate, <laughs> but we're just not going to get a perfect scenario. And I think what right. Woj's story specifically shows is the NBA is doing their homework here. What Ramona's story with Michelle Roberts is, she's doing her homework here. A lot of people are doing a lot of work, but I think ultimately – Cooler heads are going to prevail, and these are a lot of smart people who I think will come up with the best plan. All right, coming up, is now the time for the league to adopt the 1 through 16 straight seeding model for the playoffs? Maybe that would juice up the first round. We'll discuss that next. First, though, it's time for our distant replays. These are from this date in NBA history, starting with the great Larry Bird. It's blocked. Seasting hit it off of a Detroit player. No, no, it is. Here's a disparity in the call. They're going to give the ball to Detroit. Bird steals it. Johnson, layup, Boston, one second left. Detroit. 
second left. Bird steals it and gets it to Johnson at the buzzer. Kobe Bryant on the move against Christie. In for the right. Flips his shot up. No good. O'Neal lays it up. Oh. Missed it. Ball tipped Ori. out to Orius. Straight on three. Good. The Lakers have won. Robert Ori's greatest hits tour continues. Oh, no doubt about it. Game clock's at 1-7. He catches it at the top of the three-point line. They need all three to win, and he drains it. Oh, my goodness. What a game. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. Tomorrow on ESPN and the app, relive a couple of NBA history makers that happened on April 13th, 2016 at 7 Eastern. The 73rd win by the Warriors against the Grizzlies. That set a record in case you didn't hear. And then Kobe's <laughs> last game happened the same <laughs> night. He went off for 60 against the Jazz at Staples Center. All right, guys, there were a ton, a ton of behind-the-scenes conversations and negotiations going on this week. NBA officials trying to iron out their plan for resuming the season. And one of the big questions is, if we can get to a playoffs, what would they look like? One proposal has been that instead of an Eastern Conference champion meeting a Western Conference champion in the finals, this should be the year that teams should speed 1 through 16 in these playoffs. So seeded 1 through 16, put into a bracket that way. After all, in the past, one of the arguments against 1 through 16 is that it's too much travel for some teams to crisscross the country. But this year, we expect to be playing the playoffs all in a single-site location like Orlando. So, Perk, what do you think? Would you want to see 1 through 16 seeding? Hey, Rachel, in the words of Russell Westbrook, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Every, I mean, everything else is different. Why not? Try it now. I mean, the league has been talking about changing the format for years, and now this is the perfect time to experiment. I think, you know, one reason why, in my opinion, you could judge and, and it's, it, you could judge and be able to change the narrative of, of the East being a weaker conference. Cause now, say you, you, you do the one through 16 and all of a sudden a Eastern Conference team beat a Western Conference team in the first round. And now they'd be like, okay, so the league is balancing out. There's so many things that plays a factor in doing it. And I say, why not? I'm with it. So it's unlikely, I think, ever to get approved, guys, because you'd have to have 20 owners vote for it. And I just don't see five Eastern Conference owners, much less one, ever voting for it. But this is a one-off situation. And not only that, it's clean. Because if you look at the top 16 teams right now by record, you have eight in the East and eight in the West. There's no there's no danger for upsetting anybody. And ultimately, you know, New York and Los Angeles are not getting any closer together. So this is the only time <laughs> maybe ever, I hope... 
only time ever that you could do it. And you know what? This is a time when the owners may not be able to haggle over this one issue. This was a different time and a different year. They may have haggled over this for months on end, but now there's no time for it. If Adam Silver wants to push this through, I'll bet he could. But I'll bet some teams would still not be thrilled about it, even in this short uh, scenario. That's so interesting that you think... That's so interesting, Brian, that you think that he could push it through because you know what I always say every time we have this discussion? This is great in theory, but like you, I can never see it happen because the Eastern Conference owners would basically be giving up in the way the current balance of the league is them having an Eastern Conference team in the finals. And I just, I can't see the vote going that way. If you talk about the theoretical, sure, I think this is the year to try it. You obviously cut out the travel issue. You also, as I was talking about in the last segment, maybe by spicing up the beginning of the playoffs, by reseeding one through 16, you get away from what typically happens in the first week or two of the playoffs, which is a lot of blowouts, which is not how you would want the NBA to return to play after all of this. I guess the only other side of the coin, even just from a theoretical discussion perk, is this is a year where you're changing everything, right? You're changing everything, and there are some people who feel there's going to be an asterisk on this year's champion, although we, I personally don't agree with that. But if there isn't even East versus West, perk, do you think that some people will be like, well, that, that's not a real title? No, absolutely not. I think it will make it even, I think it will make it a special title because for the simple fact that you're going through so much adversity. First of all, Rachel, it's so it's so much adversity just to win a title during, you know, when we at a normal season. But going through this pandemic and having to go through so much and playing at the Disney site and everyone having to leave their families and go through adversity, I think this will make a, a championship even more special. I just, I, I, I need to get you in front of the owner's perk to plead the case because I just, I'm with Brian here. <laughs> I don't hey, Rachel, see it happening, but maybe, you know, Rachel, maybe Adam Silver can get it done. Hey, I, one thing, Rachel and Brian, don't ever underestimate Adam Silver. We know this by <laughs> now, right? <laughs> That's 100% perk. All right, I want to take a look at what the brackets would look like based on the current standings, because as Brian mentioned, you wouldn't have to kick any teams out. You have both eight teams from the East and West. The Bucks would face the Magic early. The Heat and Thunder would go head-to-head. The Clippers Ooh. would go to the Mavericks against round one in round one. And the Celtics would take on the Sixers. So really interesting stuff there. On the other side of the mm. bracket, a potential Lakers-Nets clash in round one, along with Rockets-Jazz, Raptors-Grizzlies, Nuggets Pacers rounding out the matchups. Brian, that, that's a lot, but to which first round matchup is most intriguing for you in this format? Uh, how about that Lakers Nets matchup? <laughs> we have a Kevin Durant. Whoa. I know. Like, <laughs> Bogut just said that they're not going to play Durant, but that would have been before this, and especially they would potentially find that out this week within the next few days that that might happen and you could have Durant and Kyrie have to think about it for seven weeks I'll tell you what I'd make the Lakers sweat and I would leave it open-ended nonetheless let me toss one more thing on here if you're going to seed one through 16 you might as well bring up the concept of reseeding after the first round so that you could do like what the NHL and and, and NFL do and if there's an upset in the first round not cause some sort of penalty that could really get interesting uh, considering some of the matchups that you see right there that could we could see in the first round mm. well B I gotta go with the 8-9 matchup Oklahoma City Thunder and the Miami Heat you talking about Oof. a bar fight Ooh, 
you talking about bringing back old school basketball, 90s basketball, Rachel, Brian, that's what y'all love, right? That rugged, <laughs> low in the 90s scoring. That would be a ball fight. That would be a matchup to watch, and everyone would love to see that matchup right there. Jimmy Butler and Chris Paul going at it. I would love it. Absolutely, especially with the sort of underlying through line that Chris Paul has been rumored to be in the Miami Heat's free uh, target sites for a possible trade. That would add a little spice there. I don't know, guys. Mavericks Clippers would be pretty fun, too, just from a basketball mm. standpoint. I would love to see Luka Doncic going up against those guys. It could be spicy. We'll see if Adam can get it done. Certainly would make the beginning of the playoffs a lot more exciting. All right, coming up. Did Michael Jordan have more to do with keeping Isaiah Thomas off the Dream Team than he is admitted to? One reporter has the tape. The receipts coming next on The Jump. Uh-oh. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Coming up next, 20 minutes of Jalen and Jacoby, highly questionable and around the horn. A two-hour sports center is at 5 with the PTI guys joining at 5.30. And we cap the day with SVP. All right, crunch time here on The Jump. Warriors general manager Bob Myers told NBC Sports Bay Area that he would, quote, consider trading his draft pick this offseason, which is currently slated to fall within the top five. He made sure to emphasize the word consider. So, Brian, is it smart for Myers and the Warriors to consider trading that draft pick? Rachel, the Warriors' whole planning and future has been exploded by this situation. They have a $140-plus <laughs> million dollar payroll for next year, and their cash cow arena that was going to pay for it is shut down. I'm not sure they can afford to trade it, and I'm not sure that if, if they do make a trade that it's not going to be to reduce salary. Everybody's talked about Andre Iguodala, that trade exception that they have. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford to use it because this is going to be such a strain on their planning. They went from light years ahead from on their heads because of this unexpected turn of events. I mean, come on, Bob. My thing is, look, you built a dynasty on drafting players. You drafted Klay Thompson, uh, Draymond Green, and Steph Curry, and you won championships through the draft. Don't change your, don't change what you've done that got you success. You know, you gotta keep on. Don't change up the blueprint. You gotta draft. There's some nice picks out there. All you need is a good center. They got the kid Wiseman that's available. They got the other kid Toplin. And you got Harrison, I mean, you got Andre Wiggins who's Harrison Bourne's 2.0. Don't change anything, Bob. Draft. Use that draft pick. I assume that Bob is using the general manager speak of, sure, someone come out there, make me an offer. Let me put this out there. But I agree with both of you guys. I don't see them trading the pick. It's so interesting. The Warriors were in this once-in-a-lifetime situation because of Steph Curry's ankles. They were able to re-sign him to a contract that didn't really have his worth. And then you had the salary cap explosion in 2016, which enabled them to add Kevin Durant. That's never going to happen again, right? Well, guess what? One of the other we-never-thought-it-would-happen-again situations is what happened to the Spurs, right? When David Robinson was hurt for most of a year and they were able to draft Tim Duncan to a team that was already really good and should probably not have had a number one draft pick. 
Well, that's what the Warriors are looking at again because of these injuries (laughs) to Steph and Clay. I don't see them giving that up. All right, guys, as you saw earlier in Distant Replay, this date in 2002, one of the biggest shots of Robert Ory's career. As time expired, he allowed the Lakers to avoid a 3-1 deficit against the Kings in the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers went on to win the title, marking the last successful three-peat in the NBA. So, Perk, they call him Big Shot Bob. Those of us uh, who've been around him know he actually prefers Big Shot (laughs) Rob, and he's the one with seven rings, so I'm going to call him what he wants to be called. Big Shot Rob, what do you remember most about watching Ori play? What I remember most about Robert Ori is that Robert Ori is the greatest role player in NBA history, in my opinion. He played a crucial part in every championship that he won. Think about this. If he don't hit that shot, the Sacramento Kings go on to win the championship. Robert Ori stopped Chris Webber from getting in the Hall of Fame. Robert Ory not only hit big shots, though, Rachel, he had big games in the playoffs and big moments. And that's why I think he's the greatest role player in NBA history. He helped change the game. We really just didn't see many six foot ten, six eleven guys shoot three-pointers before him. He helped stretch the floor in the NBA and did it in big moments. Absolutely. All right, let's flash back even further in NBA history because during the last dance, filmmakers dug into the controversy over Isaiah Thomas being left off the 92 Dream Team. For decades, Michael Jordan denied rumors he gave the Olympic Selection Committee an ultimatum to pick him or Zeke. Rod Thorne, who was on that committee, backed Jordan's version of events during the documentary. But, guys, respected sports writer Jack McCallum shared audio from Michael on his Uh Dream Team Tapes podcast where he tells a different story. He said, quote, Ron Thorne called me and I said, Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. He assured me. He said, you know what? Chuck doesn't want Isaiah, so Isaiah is not going to be part of the team. That is a recorded quote from Michael Jordan. Perk, what is your reaction? Ooh, Rachel, a couple weeks ago I started a campaign. Free Zeke, free Zeke, free (laughs) Zeke, free Isaiah Thomas, man. But look. I'm glad that Michael Jordan is your GOAT because LeBron James is my GOAT. I don't have to deal with a liar. Listen, what, what Michael Jordan did, and I said this before, Rachel, he made everyone watch, everyone watch the last dance, and it made him look like a superhero and everybody else look like a villain. And think about this. Scottie Pippen is pissed off. Horace Grant is mad. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas is mad. And Poe Jerry Crossguard rest his soul. He wasn't even here to defend himself. And I heard nothing but wonderful things about him. Well, I still like the documentary, but I will say that Sam Smith, who pretty much literally wrote the book on Jordan, has also made accusations of Jordan bending the truth in the last dance. Um, but listen, when you're the, when you're one of the greatest of all time, the GOAT, whatever you want to call him, Perk, uh, you get to make the documentary, you get to make the rules, and Jordan said what he said. No, Brian, you don't how get much? the lotto, Brian. Oh. <laughs> well, Brian, how much lot. horse trading with this kind of stuff does go on when they're picking these kinds of teams? Yeah, and, and no matter what happens, Isaiah was not on the team, and that's never going to change one way or the other. But, you know, I understand why it's a hot topic. <laughs> I don't know if on the next <laughs> Olympic team there's going to be these kinds of issues. I know on the World Cup championship team we just had in the fall, they couldn't get guys to be on the team. So it was sort of the opposite <laughs> problem. Maybe it was if he's on, I'm not being on. I don't know. Anyway, uh, we will debate this to the end of time like we do with everything, Michael Jordan. Thanks so much, guys, for being with us today. The Jump will be back tomorrow.